0: miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle
2: Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Kelly, Luke, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Eagle Hour back on the road. After today, we'll be at Sully's Restaurant in South Hattiesburg tomorrow broadcasting the show. And then Friday, we'll be at the Corner Market at Midtown along with JT as we continue to raise canned food and toys for the kids from Homes of Hope and also Batson's Children's Hospital. So if you haven't donated, please do. You can go by any corner market in Hattiesburg, Midtown, Oak Grove, Bellevue. You can go by the Citizens Bank on Highway 98 West. There are collection boxes in all of those locations. You can drop off some toys. You can drop off some canned food. Or you can join us Friday from 10 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon when we team up with the JT Show and broadcast live from the Midtown Corner Market. Hope that uh, everybody will contribute. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their delicious food seven days a week, and you still have time to put in your Christmas catering order. You can order a ham, you can order a turkey, or you can order the full Christmas feast. You can just sit back, relax, pick up your food, and let Dickies do the cooking. All right. Golden Eagles bowling again this time in January. And uh, we wanted to get some history of the, uh, of the rivalry between Southern Miss and Tulane. Also, the Southern Miss bowl history. So, who better? Who better to call on, uh, guys, when we need history of Southern Miss athletics than the premier sports information director in the land?
1: The old left-hander.
2: Jack Duggan. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour, Jackson.
1: Uh, that might be the best intro I've ever
3: gotten. Thanks,
2: guys. We worked on that all morning. We want you to know that.
3: It, it sounded like it was very, very well rehearsed.
2: <laughs> and you like the wording, I presume, the best sports. Did, yeah. Okay. All right. We're always glad to have you on the show, my friend. And uh, we know that you know all the information that we're seeking. So, Southern Miss plays Tulane on January 4th Armed Forces Bowl, Fort Worth, Texas. Not the first time they played, uh, as you know and everyone knows, Jack. But but give our listeners a a review of the history between these two football programs.
3: Well, if you if you look at the what what we refer to now, I guess is battle battle of battle for the bell. Uh, I guess that started back uh, with the nineteen ninety nine game. This series dates back to uh, the nineteen seventy nine. A year where they first played uh, on October thirteenth, nineteen seventy nine. The Gold Eagles lost to the Green Wave that day, twenty to nineteen. But since then, they've won twenty three of the last twenty nine games, including the last six straight uh, over Tulane. And uh, you know, it's a, it's a series that uh, has been good. You know, it's one you know, hour and forty five minutes between campuses, and you know, Southern Miss has, has fortunately been on the. The winning in on most of the games, but uh, it still has been a great series uh, over the years. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to see a few of the games um, when I was younger, uh, before I got into the business, and uh, yeah, it, it's uh, always cool when, when we get to go down there and play at what used to be the Louisiana Superdome, but uh, you know, we hadn't played. Hadn't, it's been nine years since the two schools have played. In fact, I looked this up this morning. You know, the last time the Golden Eagles played was 2010, when uh, when when the two schools were in Conference USA. You, you know that the Tulane was actually in Conference USA three more years after that. We didn't play, mm-hmm. and uh, which I thought was kind of interesting, I guess, uh, because back then Southern Miss was in the East Division, where Tulane was in the West, mm-hmm. and then the the year, and then Eagles didn't move to the West Division until 2015. Uh, winning the uh, West Division Championship that first year they were there.
1: Jack, they had an undefeated team, didn't they, until until the bowl game? Uh, the, uh, the King was the quarterback, I think, at, at Tulane. Yeah, 19,
3: their, their, their 1998 team uh, uh, finished um, 12-0 and that year, and I think uh, one of the Bowden, Tommy Bowen, I believe, was their head coach. Eagles lost in New Orleans 21-7 that year. Um, so... Um, yeah, they were they were really good. Sean King and uh, Sean King, yeah, yeah. So Rich so Rodriguez was, a, was the
0: offensive coordinator that year.
3: The, yes, he was. In fact, they thought he was going to get the head coaching job after Bowden left to go to Clemson. In fact, I think I think that uh, he thought he had the job up until the day day they announced it. and then They announced somebody else. Huh. So uh, yeah, that was some some interesting times back then. Uh, for Tulane. But, uh, you know, it's a series, you know, now that the, uh, the Green Wave and the American, It's it it's, uh, should be a fun matchup uh, between two two old rivals.
2: I think it was one of those schools that's fair to say that when they left Conference USA, Southern Miss fans were really sad to see that because it was such a rivalry. Baseball was a great rivalry. I know, that was a tremendous rivalry. Basketball at, at, at a time was a rivalry. So there's really... Jack, a lot of rich history between the schools, and outside of this bowl game, they're about to resume to some degree the football interplay, correct?
3: They are. Uh, there's four games scheduled uh, in the mid-20s. Uh, I think they play back-to-back years, take a year or two off, and then play again back-to-back years. So the Gold Eagles will, uh, over the next several years, get their first chance to play outdoors uh, in New Orleans. Um when they when they meet uh, Tulane in their new state, well, I guess it's not incredibly new. Yuleman Stadium uh, on the uh, Green Wave campus.
1: Man, that is a really if if you've nobody's ever been there, it is a really neat stadium and not a bad seat in the house because it probably only goes about. I'm just guessing, maybe thirty rows up, but it's but it's a bowl yeah, it, all the way around. It, yeah,
3: it doesn't look huge. I mean, but it, it does look nice. I mean, they they wedge that thing in there. Boy, it's not a, there's not a lot of room. On that campus, and they found a way to to, to wedge it in and uh, make it look nice. And you know, if, if uh, that's probably one of those games, you, you might want to take an Uber because <laughs> mm-hmm. parking, I imagine, is a premium around the stadium on game day. But uh, you know, something that Tulane has been wanting to do for a long time is have an in- on-campus facility, and I think it's really helped them. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have had some success over the last few years.
2: All right, Jack, as you look at these two teams, how do they differ, the two teams that are going to play each other January 4th?
3: Well, you know, if I, I looked at it a little bit the other day. It looks like both of them are very good uh, offensively. Tulane, especially good with the run. Uh, they average almost 250 yards a game on the ground, a little over 200 in the air. Uh, they're 13th nationally in rushing. Gold Niggles uh, – 118 nationally in rushing at 122.4 per game, but the Eagles a much better passing game than Tulane um, at 288.6 uh, yards a game, 23rd in the country. So uh, it'll be it'll probably see who can probably do the best job on defense. Gold Eagles are um, only allow 111 yards on the ground. Uh, or almost 112, uh, rushing defensively. That's 18th best in the country. Uh, Green Wave give up about 165 yards on the ground and 214 yards in the air. Um, equals with a total defense, a little bit better, uh, statistically than two lanes, uh, giving up just 350 yards a game, the 36th best, uh, defense in the country while two lanes giving, I guess, what, 378.5 yard, 0.5 yards a game, which is 55th best in the country. So, you know, you, you, can, you can look at them all you want. Uh, you know, Eagles only give up, um, I guess, one, 1.5 points less a game defensively. But the Greenway, they score, they score a ton. They score 33.3 a game. So uh, and, and they also they hold the football for over 30 minutes a game. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. And I think it's you know what the Golden Eagles are going to have to do is they're going to have to force some turnovers and not turn the ball over themselves. They do that. I think they got a really good chance of winning this ballgame.
1: Those running numbers don't surprise me at all because remember Willie Fritz came from Georgia Southern and they run that right. you know that triple option. They run it almost all the time at Georgia Southern. So that's really nothing new, something that that uh, he's been used to, you know, all over. But really this this bowl game though, hacksaw going in the modern era, most people, you know, remember bowl games for Southern Miss, but the Eagles played back in the in the fifties, and maybe on the other side of the commercial break you can kind of give us a, a history starting, you know, when the first bowl game was and yeah. I, I remember okay. the 57 Sun Bowl was a great game. That was that,
2: that was yeah, that was your twenty first birthday. Wasn't it? it was yeah, yeah. We, it, was there, them, it
1: was like 30 degrees and you didn't have a shirt on.
0: That yeah, was That was me. Kelly. Yeah. That
2: was Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Jack they
0: were they were dogging me out yesterday because I made I said Willie Fritz is older in coaching years and then this whole thing you know just the the millennial or the younger guy on the show is is getting smashed and then Kelly uh, comes out uh, and uh, talks about you know he was at the nineteen fifty seven. That coach Jack says.
2: is fifty nine years old and Luke was ready to send him, <laughs> him off to the clay. You could tell. (laughs) We'll be back. More Jack Duggan on the Eagle Hour next. Stay with us.
0: tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Well, we say it every day, but it's just a fact, Kelly Sander. If you got a Golden Eagle on your shopping list, you got to go to Campus Bookmart. And if you're out of town listening to us in other parts of the state, Simply, you know, that computer thing we talked about, campusbookmark.net. I know you don't do that kind of stuff, but you can go what they call go online. Okay. You can order stuff,
1: and they'll deliver it to your door. I've heard about that. It's been in all the papers. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh. Any update on the Lindbergh, baby? <laughs>
1: Not yet. Not We're yet. We're still working on okay. it, yeah.
2: Oh. We're talking to Jack Duggan, our good buddy and sports information director at the University of Southern Mississippi. The man we go to whenever we need information regarding the history of Southern Miss Athletics, and so we
1: went to him today. I actually go to Hacksaw every once in a while when I need, you know, 10 or 20 if I'm short. From, yeah, he know. helps you out. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. I'd advise you to stop that, uh, Jack.
2: <laughs> it gets to be a real habit with him. Let me just go ahead and warn you.
3: Well, what can I tell you?
1: It's just to get rid of me, I know. All right, Jack,
2: get... give us the history. Now, This Southern Miss no stranger to bowls? Let's go, go back to when it all started for the Golden Eagles and, and what their bowl
1: history is. When I was a kid...
3: Well, you go back to I guess the '53 season, and uh, you know the, the first bowl game that Kelly Center ever went to was the '53 Sun Bowl, right? And uh, we played Pacific. In fact, we lost our first four bowl games. They were the '53, '54 Sun Bowls, uh, and then '57, '58 Tangerine Bowls. Um, Although, but all four of those were played in January. Those were January first games. Um, all. All, all, or three of the four were pretty close. Uh, we lost to UTEP in fifty-four out at the Sun Bowl, 37-14. which
1: I think is the last time we lost to UTEP. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think two thousand
3: thirteen, but, um, but you you, you kind of look you kind of look at the list. We played we played the Independence Bowl in nineteen eighty um, against McNeese State, and the following year went back to Orlando, played the Tangerine Bowl in eighty-one which was Reggie Collier's junior year. And I I think he would tell you uh, in that 1917 loss to Missouri that it was a cold, cold, cold night down in Orlando. Well, let me tell you this story
2: Um, real quick about that, Jack. You're right. The the two bowls you just mentioned are very, very important, I think. People may not remember back, but when Southern Miss went to the the bowl game against McNeese State, it was really the – it was the beginning of the we believe, you know, I believe, uh, Southern, uh, you know, Eagle Fever era. And it really kind of launched us. Am, am I not right about that, Jack? It kind of launched oh, the program so. back nationally.
3: Oh, I, th- I think so. I mean, it, that 80, 81, 82 teams were, were, were phenomenal, mm-hmm. you know, and, and led by the perfect 10, Reggie. And, you know, I mean, I, I was fortunate as a kid. To see a bunch of those games and 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 they were fun to watch. Oh and man! yeah. I mean, on both sides of the ball, they were they were fun to watch. They're really really good teams, right? You know, and, it, and if and, you know back then it was tough to get into a ball game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because we don't go back to again until '88 where we play UTEP uh, at the Independence Bowl. We win that one 38-18, and you know, was I believe was that Hallman's first year or second? That year? Was that was a curly
2: Hallman team for sure. Stump Taylor was was on that team, and I think UTEP. What's that? Stump Taylor was on that team that um, that played UTEP in the Independence Bowl. I've heard him talk about that game before.
3: Yeah, it's um and you know that was you know one of the three times we won ten or more ten or more games in the season. Right, and uh, we went we spanked UTEP that year. In, In fact, James Henry had two punt returns for touchdowns in that ball game. He was. He was phenomenal in rushing uh, or returning punts for touchdowns. I think had six or eight in his career. He was, he had two in that game. It, he was the the MVP of that ball game, and uh, you know, he's in there. He's in their Hall of Fame, the uh, Independence Bowl Hall of Fame. I saw a plaque uh, of him when we were there back in 2017. We played Florida State, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, you go through it. You know, some of the games that jump out at you, the '97 Liberty Bowl. Uh, against Pittsburgh, with a big win there. We beat Pittsburgh 41-7. to uh, Then go back to the Liberty Bowl two years later. Beat Colorado State on on December 31st. Uh 23-17 win there. Um, you know, a couple of couple of trips to the GMAC Bowl, 2000. Beat LaDainian Tomlinson 28-21. Mm-hmm. And then went back uh, in probably the latest game in a year that the Golden Eagles have ever played. January 7th. 2007 it was after the 2006 season uh, the GMAC ball beat Ohio uh, 28-7 mm-hmm. in that ball game. So uh, there's been some great some great history the 2008 New Orleans bowl when uh, Michael McGee blocked the extra point uh, to seal it in overtime by wow, what a great what a great finish there. Uh the Beef Brady's bowl we lost 31-28 but uh, uh, Austin Davis caught a pass uh, for a touchdown in that ball game. The thing I remember about that game was I was in the baseball press box uh, at Tropicana Field, and the baseball tr- press box was in the end zone. So mm. so you, you were hoping that everything happened on your end of the stadium so right. you could see it. Right. Uh, 2000, 2011, we went to um, Hawaii, beat beat a pretty good Nevada team 24-17, and um, well, what would it capped it. Cap a twelve win season, um, best season in school history. Uh, our last conference USA championship team, and then of course we've been to the Heart of Dallas Bowl in fifteen, uh, the New Orleans Bowl in in sixteen, in which uh, uh, I believe Edo Smith had three touchdown rushes in that ball game, and then of course the last ball game we went to was the Independence back in two thousand. I've heard of that
2: Edo Smith guy. He was pretty good.
3: He was pretty good. Um, in fact, we've been to 25 bowls, uh, 11 and 14 overall. Uh, you know, actually, as, as I look down at my at my list, this will be our fifth bowl game in the state of Texas, and we've mm-hmm. never we've never won in the state of Texas mm-hmm. for a bowl game. So, hopefully, we can change that uh, mm-hmm. when we when we go out there um, uh, later this month.
2: Jack, that, the next. Uh, now, Luke Johnson, how many bowl games did you play in? What games did you play in?
0: I was in uh, four of them, the 2002 Houston Bowl, then in Liberty in 03, and New Orleans 04 and 05. I can tell you why in the Houston Bowl in uh, 2002, why we didn't win in Texas, because we had a Python contest two days before the game at the Kima Boardwalk. So that's why we didn't Mm -hmm. win that one against Oki State and Les Miles. And never Um, never recovered, did you? (laughs) <laughs> no, ne- never did, never, never did. But you know, I-, I got to play. I got to play against Les Miles in, in 02. 03 was uh, Urban Meyer's first year at Utah. Alex Smith, who's uh, with with the Washington Redskins. 04, we got to beat uh, North Texas. That was a pretty, pretty cool game because we got to play in the, in the Superdome. And then 05 was just the strange year because they had to relocate the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, that 2005 team I played on, we just kind of traveled everywhere. But they 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 moved that bowl game to Lafayette, and the actual Louisiana Lafayette hosted it for us. So that was some that was some good memories. You got to play in four different cities. Huh.
3: Yeah, I, I remember 2004, 2005. I wasn't back at the university then. I didn't come back till 2006. In fact, I was working at the University of New Orleans. And in 2004, when you guys played down in New Orleans, I actually went to the ball game. I. I I sat in the press box, but I sat as a fan, so I got to see that game. That was you guys put it on them pretty good that night. And then the next year, I was I was uh, in uh, Vanderbilt's gymnasium uh, with our men's basketball team, the <laughs> University of New Orleans, and I was trying to follow the game as uh, as we were playing basketball. I remember going down to the press room at halftime and looking, see, "Hey, you guys got to score the Southern Miss Southern Miss." Uh, uh, Football Arkansas game. State. And,
2: and I'll tell you this, Jack, about that Independence Bowl, going back to that, uh, 80, I think you said. Reggie mm-hmm. Collier told us on this show that of all the schools, now keep in mind that Reggie played against, Florida State, Louisville, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Alabama, you could go on and on. The most physical, toughest football game he ever played in was that game against McNeese State in that bowl game. He said they were Ferociously tough on defense.
3: That does not surprise me. Having having worked in the same league as McNeese State in the Southland Conference many years ago, I, I got a chance to see them play a few times, and they're always they always seem like they have um, a good football team. In fact, in fact they they have a really nice football stadium. It's not it's not huge. Probably seats about 12-15,000, but. But it's it's nice uh, over in Lake Charles.
1: That that uh, game yeah. that game in Hawaii, hacksaw five or six years ago, was that on Christmas yes. Eve?
3: Yes, it was. I thought it was. was. I remember.
1: Yeah. We jumped yeah. on
3: the plane right after the game, flew back all night, uh, landed in Gulfport about I think ten the next morning, and my family and I we we we, we uh, headed out for Thibodeau for Christmas. So in we got to we we got to Thibodeau about. Twelve thirty, we opened presents about one. My my daughters were about oh geez, they were be four or five then. And then about fifteen minutes later, my my wife and I both crashed for about. I was about to ask hours. you if you took
2: a nap after all that, though.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, it was it was this a long it was a long day. I can assure you.
0: <laughs> hey, Jack. This is totally this is totally selfish, Jack. But here's you a trivia question: Who is the only punter? To ever be an offensive MVP in a Southern Miss bowl game? Oh no! I'm
2: gonna say Luke Johnson. Oh no!
3: Luke
0: Johnson. It is that. It may be. It may be the only punter that's ever been an offensive MVP in any game in all <laughs> of football history. Let it happen. As
1: Luke would say, to the top.
2: <laughs> there you go. Hey, Jack. Thanks, buddy. Merry Christmas to you. And thanks for all you do to help us, man.
3: Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas you all. Take uh,
2: care. The great Jack Duggan, everybody, sports information extraordinary director at the University of Southern Mississippi. All right, we'll be back. First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg right after this.
0: Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar & Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Lunch specials every day, Facebook specials. Check them out. Stop by, see our good friends at 4th Street Bar & Grill. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel, Dalton, Stanford, pushing all the the right buttons, and we greatly appreciate our good buddy, Jack Duggan. You know, I didn't get to get in on that um, that you know, amazing introduction. I was going to tell him that the editor of the 2019 Football Almanac on SouthernMiss.com has a nice press picture. So uh, there you go, Jack, if you're if you're listening to us out would there. Would that have been you? Um, no, that would have been Jack. Oh, okay. okay. The, now, Jack is now, the editor. During the so commercial
2: Jack... break, you shared with us some more. Southern Miss Tulane trivia. I'd like for you to share with our listeners.
0: Well, um, you know, totally. Before we went to break, that was just uh, self-deprecating because uh, it's nice to be the the Liberty Bowl MVP uh, on the offense. Is another when you I would great gladly trade it back in if had we beat Utah that day. But when you look at Tulane, Southern Miss playing two-lane coming up on January the fourth, um, I might be the only post game proposal. In Southern Miss football history, and it happened against Tulane 15 years ago on, uh, I'm sorry, 14, no, wait, 13, no, 14 years ago, there we go, get my math right, 14 years ago on November 26, 2005, Um, what happened was the week before, we were playing Memphis, and it was a night game, it was a cold game, clear weather, big game, and I was going to propose to Lauren, and, uh, and so... Everything was set. We we had this. the sideline reporter was going to meet me out there. Everybody was in on it. And we really laid a, an egg in that game and, and got back in it, kicked an onside kick, didn't recover it uh, with about a minute left. So on the fly, like, we shut it down. And there was, like, family that was there. You know, Lauren didn't have a clue. So the next week, we're five and five going into the two lane game, bowl records on the line, winning seasons on the line. But more than that, everybody keeps asking me, dude, what happens if, if we don't win this week? And I was like, I'm not proposing. So coach Bauer actually later on would say, man, we were all like under pressure this week, not just to keep the bowl streak alive and the winning season alive, but Luke had to propose. So before the game, I was reliving this this past weekend because I saw one of our former uh, athletic trainers. Uh, I took the ring in the box and I gave it um, to one of our athletic trainers. He put it in his fanny pack besides his athletic tape. So the whole game, he's running in and out, back and forth, you know, taking water on the field, taping ankles, and Lauren's 1.2 carat princess cut diamond engagement oh. ring is chilling in a fanny pack. Oh, fancy
1: schmancy. On on. Yeah.
2: Is it safe to well, say, Kelly, just, that we've met Lauren? We know Lauren. Is it
1: safe to say that Luke outpunted his coverage? Well, I, or or he said it best earlier when he said she didn't have a clue. Guess what? She, <laughs> she still doesn't.
0: Easy. So anyway, anyway, we, 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 no doubt in this one. We're up like three touchdowns, and right before the game ends, Coach Bauer grabs me and says, "Don't do it till I get over there. I've got to go shake Coach Shelfo's hand." So. Went out on the 35-yard line. Whole team got around me. Presentation. Uh, they, they made an announcement. Please direct your attention to the 35-yard line. It was on this big screen. I propose. She said yes. The rest is history.
2: How, how it relieved been. were you in that moment with all that attention that she said yes?
0: I mean, there was no doubt she was going to say yes. Okay. Uh-oh. It's a good thing it we're was, sitting up on these high I, I chairs. Don't, I don't mean that. In, I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I mean, it was just... I knew she was going to say yes, and okay. so it was just pretty cool to be able to have you know your senior season. And you can't that deny
2: that you outpunted your coverage in this situation.
0: Absolutely, I mean, yeah. next Monday she'll she'll be down there with you guys, and and uh, you'll see again why I outpunted my coverage.
2: Bring that trophy, Luke. I want to see the. I want to see what an MVP trophy looks like. I didn't have no idea we had an MVP on the show.
1: And Coach Selfo, you, you just mentioned Coach Chris Selfo. He uh, was coached at Southeastern Louisiana this year mm-hmm. and was up for one double-A coach of the year because the Lions made the playoffs, and mm-hmm. they had a great year. So he's still, he's still coaching. He's in Hammond now.
2: Luke's the MVP of the Liberty Bowl. and All this time, Stump has told me and you, he's the greatest kicker in Southern Miss history.
1: Yeah, and Ray Guy and Gerald Wilson, the late Gerald Wilson, they've never said anything about it either way. No, they know better. you know, Te- Technically, I was a punter. Luke, I, I wanted you to know I had quite an illustrious football career as well. I was one of ten kids, you know. In my last last game of my high school year, I'd never played a down. We were getting beat forty eight to nothing. There was about forty six seconds left, so everybody in my family starts chanting, "We want Sander!" Right, and it gets you know, "We want Sander!" Real quiet, and then all of them, then then everybody in the crowd starts saying, "We want Sander!" So about twelve seconds left, Coach Howard Justice calls me over. He said, "Sander," and I throw my wrap off, and I said, uh, "Yeah, Coach," and he said. Go up and see what they want. <laughs> 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 I thought it was going to be like a Rudy moment. <laughs> no.
0: That took a complete
1: U-turn. <laughs>
2: Go see what they want.
1: Well, that's what they—they're th- being a little loud. Go see what they so want. That, that's, <laughs> that's right. So here, I thought I was going to get my big break, and uh, <gasps> oh,
0: yeah. Man. All right, well, well. Know, there's there's a lot of stuff that <laughs> that happens at bowl games. We you know. Uh, there, there's just a lot of stuff. I've told you all before, Darren, McCaleb, and I, um, the only time we broke curfew, we snuck out at the Peabody because we never got to see the ducks in their cage. And so we would we would always be at practice. when. And so uh, one night we actually snuck out, and our philosophy was, you know, it, w- it wasn't like they were going to be able to play a, another punter and a kicker. It was really the only time, like, I went, like, really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you took advantage. A rule like that? Yeah. I took advantage to see the ducks on top of the Peabody, not to go on Beale Street at midnight. What
2: do you mean they put them in a cage? They don't stay in a room at the Peabody. They have a cage for the ducks.
0: They have a they have they live on they live on the roof, and every day they put them in the elevator, bring them down, and they walk around and get in the fountain, and then they go back up.
1: You know, you we were also talking in the commercial break about James Henry. You know, uh, on that Independence hall of fame a member of the independence bowl hall of fame and i just remember he was the most exciting punt returner yeah, i had ever seen and i and i remembered that he got drafted and people he got drafted i think luke said in the fourth round by the by the seahawks and i remember i thought it was in the early rounds but people were at that time were going the seahawks are taking a punt returner primarily a punt returner in the mm-hmm. fourth round which was kind of a. People yeah. just didn't do that back then, but that just showed you how good right. he was. You know?
2: Luke, was there was there a difference in intensity in a in a bowl game than a regular season game, or was it just like another regular season game from that perspective?
0: I mean, you're you're down there a week, so you're accustomed to flying into somewhere on a Friday and and you know staying watching a movie in a hotel, but. But on bowl week, you you get there four or five days ahead of time. I, I do remember this about that 0-3 Liberty Bowl game. I don't know what was going on. It was post Christmas. We got there about the we got there the day after Christmas. Like full full pads. Like the first two days, we were like, "What have we done to Coach Bauer? Like why?" But I mean, we were hitting people, and it was because you know Utah was pretty physical that year. Um, our coaches did a good job of, of balancing it out. Um, there was a lot of always fun stuff you did. But Coach Bauer would always tell us, we are not here to have a good time. We're here to win a football game. And that was the approach. And so, yeah, some of the intensity stayed. Uh, you just had to be reminded that that's why you were actually you know, at the bowl itself. You
2: know, i tell you, a bowl game uh, that didn't turn out well. But do you remember the humanitarian bowl when the Golden Eagles were upset by uh, – uh, Up in Boise. Yeah, but Idaho. 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 I want to say it was my buddy Regal Napier that told me that at halftime, when the sun moved to the point that it threw the Southern Miss bench into the shade and the temperature dropped about 30 degrees, that was the end of the bowl game right there.
1: I watched that bowl game at Reed Green Coliseum. They dropped screens down like a Uh closed-circuit boxing match, Uh and this was before – that every bowl game, you know, was televised, and Reed Green was almost full of people watching the game on television. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in on the Smurf Turf up there in right in Boise, right, right yeah. against the Idaho Vandals. That's am I right. right about that
2: huge upset that and I think, big upset.
1: And I think animal activists are honestly um, they want them to to change the color of the Smurf Turf because they've actually had. And I'm not kidding when I say I know lots of times I'm joking, but I'm not kidding when I say lots of times geese and ducks will fly. <laughs> They think that the blue turf apparently for water is water what and they I, and they hit the turf and they it's they become like kamikazes. I mean, they wind up hitting the turf and I'm, I'm not kidding. What I
0: wouldn't give to see a big old flock of geese just come down there and crash do the down. On game.
1: The I, yeah. So the animal all I
0: got. All I got to say is I'm so thankful they changed the name of that bowl. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're a football player, how do you get psyched up for the humanitarian humanity? It's the bowl. potato
2: bowl now, isn't it, or something odd like that? Famous the,
0: Idaho potato bowl.
2: Yeah. I've always thought that was kind of an unfair advantage, frankly, for that football team. But seriously. The color of the field has to be distracting. <laughs> right. Has to be distracting to kids that are not used to playing on it. I, I think everybody ought to be playing on the same color
1: field. And as if we don't have enough bowls already, which we talked about next year, supposedly they are in talks to have a Bernie Sanders Bowl next year yeah. where every team ties. Does everybody, everybody get wins. Yeah. Everybody no, wins. No, you will both be guaranteed the same number of points. You know? That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh,
2: on that note, we'll be back to wrap up this informative edition we of will? Eagle Hour Day. Oh, yes. good.
0: back on a tuesday fourth segment of the eagle hour brought to us every day by toyota of hattiesburg maybe you're looking for a new ride somebody in your family you're going to gift them a new ride go see our good friends toyota of hattiesburg always great deals what's that number
1: um this it's 601-544-9630-544-9630 there you go luke sorry for the interruption
0: no, the, uh, the old commercials, Toyota of Hattiesburg. That's hey, all, that's all pretty good. Know. That's good, yeah. Listening to uh, Southern Miss uh, games growing up. All right, um, big news, uh, potential, I should say, big news. Um, on the recruiting front, again, early signing day is next Thursday, December 18th. About two hours ago, Buster Faulkner, uh, offensive coordinator for, for Golden Eagle football, Tweeted out. We just got great news. A big-time playmaker is coming. Let's go. Uh, a little while ago, I was trying to figure out who that might be, and I went uh, on Frank Gore Jr.'s uh, Twitter account. He has retweeted Buster Faulkner's tweet. Now, you put two and two together. Is that a sign that Frank Gore Jr. Hmm. is now flipping from FAU and committing to Southern Miss? Uh, 5'8", 170, running back out of Miami would be really cool, guys. Uh, somebody with that pedigree to be able to come, and obviously Buster Faulkner. If it's not Frank Gore, Jr., it's still a positive that he's retweeting a Southern Miss coach. So, well, uh, and, uh, I'm, and he I'm is stretching a, son a little bit there, but
2: of the third time all leading rusher in National Football League, only behind uh, Tony Dorsey, no uh, Emmitt Smith and Walter Emmitt Payton, Smith. right?
1: I think so. I think that's right. That's pretty high that's pretty high company guys. Or could it be Luke? Could it be Antonio Brown? I don't think he has any eligibility. Oh, he doesn't. Okay, I, 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 I don't think we'd want him anyway. Is uh, it he's,
0: he's burned all of the bridges, <laughs> yes. including one that never existed. To Hattiesburg, right. it's burned anyway.
2: Right? You ever notice how what a good mood the whole show gets in when we have the old left-hander on the show? It oh, just yeah. Sort of sparks things up,
1: doesn't he? Yeah, we like to we like to have a little fun on this program, and that's one of the things that uh, when people stop on the street, they'll say, "We're glad." You know, when you when it's time to get serious, you guys get serious, but it's also sports and things like that are supposed to be fun. You know. Football
2: season's over. Basketball's just beginning. Well, not
1: quite, it's not quite Baseball's over. Basketball's not yet started. There's nothing to be serious about. No, you're right. It's a good great time of year, you know, to kind of let the, In fact, it's it's so good, you guys. I I got I'm just going to share something with you not really sports related, but mm-hmm. had lunch last week with a eligible lady yeah. and uh Yeah. And I and I didn't I didn't get a chance to ask her what she did for a living. Mm-hmm. And but I think I think like Luke was saying two and two together. I think she's a, a loan officer at a bank because when we got done with lunch, she stood up and when it came to me, she said she had zero percent interest. <laughs> Like, that's probably a clue there. You know what? That
2: was such a good joke. The millennial broke away momentarily for just a second from his iPhone. You mean he, he, went, he went right back? But for just a second, he broke his concentration. I want to make this here. It's not
1: an iPhone, okay? The fact that I can get any millennial to break contact with their iPhone it's is amazing. a good It was amazing. Two seconds Jeez. at least before he was. I just had to snap back into
0: place. Quote of the day, talking about jokes uh, of the day. Quote of the day, Bill Belichick, who, uh, if you hadn't seen this, they, they got accused of cheating and uh, cheating of, of all people to, you know, cheat toward. It was the Bengals. Uh, Bill Belichick comes out today and says, I hate social media. We get rid of it whenever we, wherever we can. Who cares if you get 2,000 likes from people you don't even know? There's 53 guys in the locker room. Those are the 53 that
1: matter. He's right, well, Belichick. Actually, though, we have the Patriots to thank because Luke's proposal to Lauren mm-hmm. is actually on film. The Patriots were trying to steal the Southern Miss signals at the time. So, Luke, <laughs> <Look, we> have... <laughs> you're not buying that the Patriots cheat, are you?
0: <clears throat> I am to the top, to the tripling, top, <laughs> quadrupling down to the top that they cheat. Oh yeah, but you know, here's the fallacy:
2: if they were going to cheat. They wouldn't have to cheat to play Cincinnati, which is, they, they would cheat against a competitive team. Which is exactly why it's, you cheat. It's the in principle.
0: This. It's the principle that they cheat. It doesn't matter. That's the point. It doesn't matter how they cheat. So they deny any knowledge. Who they of cheat this. against. They already cheat. You know what was going on was apparently they were like following around this scout doing some like quote documentary on a scout, mm-hmm. but when the the, the Bengals are uh, saw that. And they seize the, the tape, right? So there's like eight minutes in the tape of just straight looking at the, the of Cincinnati sideline. Hmm. Not panning, mm-hmm. not zooming in, zooming out. Just eight minutes of filming the entire Cincinnati sideline. But
2: you should point out when they seized the tape, they then fumbled it. And the... The uh, guy for the Patriots recovered it, Kelly.
1: And the Patriots have a reasonable explanation. They said, yes, we were filming the Bengals, but this is what we're putting in our manual, how not Not to do do things. things.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh, Do you think it will affect the outcome of the game? Will, Will it inspire the Bengals, Luke, to come back and upset the Patriots because they're so angry over the cheating scandal? To the top.
0: I don't think anybody, anybody, including the Bengals, care what happens in this game.
1: Well, it's certainly going to have an effect, because now instead of winning by 38, the Patriots will win by 45. Yeah, because they'll be
2: mad that they got exposed. (laughs) Beat them easily. All right, we're on the road tomorrow. We're at Sully's down in South Hattiesburg. We'll have the professor on with us. Uh, Friday we'll be at Corner Market Midtown. Between now and then, please go. To a corner market in Hattiesburg or the Citizens Bank on 98. Donate some canned food, donate some toys. We're giving those to kids at Homes of Hope and Batson's Children's Hospital. So we're looking forward to tomorrow. Enjoy today, and we thank you very much for listening. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss To, to the, the
1: top. top. I wanna fly like an eagle to the top.